Welcome to the audio version of Lift Your Eyes, Reflections on Paul's Letter to the Ephesians, by me, Lionel Windsor, New Testament Lecturer at Moore College, Sydney. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 30. Words with Purpose. Words are fundamental to our lives. We use words to share, to create, to love, to define ourselves, and to build societies and worlds. We live through words. That's why one of the most powerful things you can do for someone is to help them give a voice to their own words. When one of our children reached the age at which she should have been speaking words but hadn't said anything yet, the health professionals took it very seriously. They worked with us and with her preschool teachers to encourage her to speak. And we're so grateful they did. It's now a joy to listen to her words and speak words of our own to her. That experience drove home to us how precious and indeed how powerful words are. Words don't come easily to everyone. When they do come, there's something we should never take for granted. Yet, because words are so powerful, they also have the potential for great harm. Social media technologies show us that, don't they? Social media gives a far-reaching voice to our words, and yet it also distorts our voice. Social media magnifies our words, and diminishes them at the same time. It broadcasts our conversations, and so turns personal relationships into news stories. It makes us both hyper-connected and at the same time misconnected. In our rush to have our voice heard, we leave behind the normal cues of face-to-face communication, and so motives are easily presumed and anger flares. Social media brings us together, but often makes us feel even more alone. It filters and tailors the words we see and hear to suit our own individual likes and preferences. So, we lose the art of listening to others. It processes and nudges and prioritises every word to fit the favoured narrative of the powerful interests with money to pay to the providers. So we lose the art of true criticism. Yet social media is the place where so many of us now use our words. And so social media is the place where so many of us now, in a sense, live. In these verses in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes to believers in Christ about how to use our words. He says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 30, Make sure no rotten word goes out of your mouth, but only what is good for building, as needed, so that you might give grace to those who hear. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Of course, since Paul is writing at a time before social media technology existed, He's assuming that words are normally communicated through our mouths, in personal face-to-face speech. And personal speech is still basic to the way we communicate. 
So what Paul says here is highly relevant to the way we use our own mouths. But today, as we've just seen, social media is also a place where we live and speak. So these verses are also relevant to the way we use our fingers to create words online. You could swap mouths for fingers in this verse, and it would be just as applicable. The main thing that Paul's interested in here is the purpose behind our words. Paul isn't telling us precisely what to say. It's more fundamental than that. He's telling us why to say what we say. Why do you speak? When you're using your mouth or your fingers to create words, what are those words for? So often, our words are for ourselves, aren't they? Deliberately or subconsciously, we design our words to make ourselves feel better or look better or gain something for ourselves. But here, Paul tells us that our mouths and our fingers aren't just for us to use for our own purposes. The gospel of Jesus Christ has given us a whole new reason to live, to walk and to speak. So, Paul says here, our words are to be used for good, for building and for grace. Make sure no rotten word goes out of your mouth, but only what is good, says Paul. Paul's talking about the purpose and effect of our words. The term rotten was used in documents from Paul's time to describe putrid fish, fruit full of maggots, diseased trees, and cracked or defective stones that are useless for building. A rotten word is a word that is bad, and so good for nothing. Too often when we speak or type, we don't think about how the words that come out of our mouths or fingers affect others. Too often we produce Rotten words. What kind of words? Paul isn't just talking here about foul language, though foul language is one example. He's also talking about words that thoughtlessly discourage people. Words that deliberately tear people down. Words of slander and gossip. Words of bragging. Words of humble bragging. Sniping words. Words that are false or bitter. And more. Instead of these rotten words, we should be producing good words. The word good reminds us of what Paul's already said about the shape of our Christian lives. In chapter 2, Paul said that we are saved by God's grace, which makes us God's product, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre-prepared for us to walk in. God loves us. He's forgiven us and rescued us through Jesus Christ, and he's given us a new life to live. That new life involves doing good works. And here we see that a very important element of doing good works is speaking good words. Good for what? What is the purpose that our words should be directed towards? The words that come out of our mouths should be good for building, says Paul. In Ephesians, Paul uses the word building to refer to gospel mission and ministry. God's great plan for his world is to sum up all things in Christ. And preaching the gospel, that is the activity of building, is central to his plan. In chapter 2, 
Paul gives a broad perspective on this building work. He says, in Christ, every act of building, being connected together, causes growth into a holy temple in the Lord. In chapter 4, Paul describes how the early apostolic community was equipped for building the body of Christ as the gospel went out to the world. And as people in the world hear and believe the gospel, it leads to a body that builds itself in love. So building is something the entire body of Christ is to do, with each part of the body acting in a different way, but for a common goal. At the core of this building work is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why our words matter so much. Our words are to be good for building. Each of our words is like a brick in the building, a good brick that should play a part in God's purposes of building his people in love through the gospel of Jesus Christ. When it comes to this building work, we can either contribute rotten, useless words that undermine the gospel and tear people down, or we can contribute good words that help the process of building as we lovingly point people to Jesus and build them up in him. So Paul is saying that our words must be directed towards God's gospel purposes for the sake of people. That doesn't mean that we all have to parrot a gospel outline constantly or that every sentence we utter has to have the word Jesus in it. Rather, Paul says, our words are to be good for building as needed. Our words need to be fitting for each individual occasion in which we have the opportunity to speak. And what we say will depend on what's needed on that occasion. Sometimes what's needed is a clear statement about Jesus. Sometimes what's needed is a simple word of encouragement. Sometimes what's needed is an appropriate word of rebuke. Most of the time what's needed are just those regular, everyday words that affirm relationships and share thoughts and joys and fun and feelings and ideas and truth, the stuff of everyday speech. But the point is this, even those ordinary words matter when it comes to God's purposes. We'll all speak these words differently, but we mustn't speak our words randomly or rottenly. We should always speak with the purpose of building in mind. Every word we speak is to be spoken for the sake of God's gospel purposes for his world and his people. Paul then had something more. We should speak so as to give grace to those who hear. This adds another dimension to our speech. Earlier in his letter, Paul spoke about the grace God showed to us through his son Jesus Christ, forgiving us and raising us up with him. Now Paul says that we should give grace to others through our words. In the previous verse, Paul talked about hands that give grace. Now he speaks about mouths that give grace, which we can translate into fingers that give grace. We are to be instruments of grace to others through what we say. What does it mean to give grace? Most directly, it means doing what Paul has just mentioned, building. That is, using our words to share the grace of the gospel and to build others up in the grace of the gospel. But it also points to a broader principle. When we speak, 
Our focus should be on what is good and helpful for others, not what is good for ourselves. This principle of grace should drive what we say and what we don't say. And this is the exact opposite to the way we naturally think about speech, isn't it? We tend to speak or type so as to do things for ourselves, to express ourselves, to let off steam, to show people how good we are, to make people like us, to make people pity us or do something for us. This is what 99.9% of words on the internet are designed to do. Sadly, Christians so often follow exactly the same path. We speak with our own good in mind. But Christians are to be people who speak primarily with the good of other people in mind. We are to speak so as to give grace. Giving grace doesn't mean that we should simply flatter people to make them feel good. And it doesn't mean that we should tone down the harder on popular parts of the gospel to avoid making people feel bad. Grace is not just a media-savvy public relations technique. In fact, giving grace means we sometimes need to say things that risk us looking bad or unpopular for the sake of people hearing the gospel of God's grace. That's because what's best for people is not necessarily to feel good or nice towards us. It's to know Jesus Christ and so be forgiven and saved. On the other hand, giving grace doesn't mean that we should pretend to be something that we're not. And it doesn't mean we should never truly or authentically express ourselves. In fact, some of the most gracious words in the world come from people who are willing to be vulnerable and share something of themselves and their hardships and struggles. When they do, it helps people see how the gospel works in the messy lives of real people, and so it gives grace. This can be a powerful thing to do on social media, can't it? But there's a difference between expressing ourselves online just to vent or let off steam, and expressing ourselves online to give grace. The question we should always ask is, am I doing this simply for myself, or am I doing it so as to give grace to those who hear or read. This all sounds like a hard ask, doesn't it? Surely, it's impossible to consider every word we speak in light of building others in the gospel of God's grace? Well, yes, humanly speaking, it is impossible. That's why we need to lift our eyes and remember who we are. In Christ, we are a new creation. We've been forgiven our sins saved from God's judgment, and lifted up from death to life. By God's own Holy Spirit, we have been sealed for the day of redemption. God is with us, and we are looking forward to a glorious future. And as Paul has already said in chapter 1, the Holy Spirit is the first instalment of our inheritance, guaranteeing that God will redeem his possession to the praise of his glory. This is who we are. That's why words of grace and words that build are so important. If we don't use our words for God's purposes, we grieve God's Holy Spirit. Paul's here referring back to the Old Testament, to Isaiah chapter 63, verse 10. 
Isaiah describes how God's people, whom he rescued at the time of the Exodus, rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit. But Isaiah goes on to talk about a glorious future, a future when God himself will bring a new creation and will be with his people forever. And through Christ, those promises are fulfilled. We have God's Holy Spirit. We have been sealed for the day of redemption. We have God's grace poured out on us, which gives us a reason to use our words for building, to give grace to those who hear. But we can't do it without coming back to the gospel of God's grace through Jesus Christ. When we feel weak, we need to remember that Christ is strong. When we fail and sin, we need to keep asking for forgiveness, which is always ours through Jesus Christ. When we fear people and what they think, we need to keep remembering that we are raised with Christ above all the powers. When we feel insecure, we need to come back to Christ's death and resurrection and remember that we are objectively secure in God's love. The gospel of God's grace enables us to build others in the gospel. We can only give grace to our hearers because we've first been given grace in Christ. So, if you've come to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have a whole new reason to speak. Instead of rotten words, you're to speak good words. Words that build and words that give grace. How might you do that? I've suggested some ideas in my brief books, Gospel Speech and Gospel Speech Online. Here's a few to think about, particularly related to our words online. Don't let the medium master you. If you're feeling overwhelmed by social media, leave it, at least for a while. You could disable your notifications. Why do you need to be told every time somebody does something online? Maybe before you say anything online, you should run it by a trusted friend. They can give you a second opinion about whether they think the words will build and give grace. A habit like this will probably slow you down and make you post much less. That's not a bad thing. It's bad for the business model of the social media companies, of course. But it's good for your soul and for your hearers. Think of different ways you can build people in light of the gospel. Sometimes you could speak the gospel directly. Sometimes you could speak about your life in light of the gospel. Grieve your own sin. Talk about the joy of forgiveness. Express your security in Jesus. You can raise ideas. And you can have fun because Christ has made you free. But in all of these things, keep remembering that our words have purpose. Speak for good. Speak for building and speak for grace. For reflection, think of a particular situation in which you use words. How can you use what your words to build? How does the gospel of God's grace help you to give grace to those who hear you or read you online? You've been listening to Lift Your Eyes, a lo-fi audio podcast. No witty banter, no crime solved, just me reading my reflections on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I'm Lionel Windsor, 
New Testament lecturer at Moore College, Sydney. The text version of this podcast can be found at my website, www.lionelwindsor.net. Please check it out, subscribe and share.